I'm Ryan Pitts. I'm Mitchell Prasis. And this is the Hustler Nation. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. We have a very special guest on today's show, uh, Steli Efti. Steli is the CEO and co-founder of Close.io. Uh, he's an internationally renowned uh, sales expert, speaker. Uh, he focuses in a lot with SaaS companies. For those of you who aren't familiar with that, it's software as a service. Um, and he is a, a really a great sales expert. So we're very lucky to have Steli on the call. Uh, thanks a lot, Steli. Hey, it's my honor and pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Steli, so what we always like to start our, our guests out with is, is asking them in their mind what they, what they believe to be a hustler um, and kind of why they feel they meet that definition in their day-to-day or you know, their job or their personal life. So would you start us, start us off with that? Yeah, sure. So, uh, first, congrats on the name for the podcast. Um, so that 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 is kind of the, the moment you guys mentioned the name. I knew that I would be, you know, in and uh, happy to be on the podcast. For me, uh, I, and I know that you know words in general, like there's different interpretations, and depending on your culture, your background, your upbringing, you you look at certain terms differently. But for me. Um, the hustle or somebody that's a hustler, it's just the type of person that makes things happen in the universe by making things move forward, right? And to me, being a hustler is a lot more, has a lot more to do with a general attitude towards life than anything else, right? It doesn't really matter what you're doing. You can be a hustler mom, you know, you can be a a hustler entrepreneur. It it really doesn't matter what you do. It's the how you do it, what your attitude is that you bring to the table. That attitude is simply one where you take extreme ownership over everything that's happening. Uh, You, uh, you know, you, you own the relationships that you have, you own the goals that you set, and you take it upon yourself to move people and circumstances around and move things forward until stuff happens. And you accept the fact that sometimes you go, it's going to be an uphill battle. Things will not always fall into place exactly the way you'd like them to be. You're going to have to face resistance. You're going to have to face um, you know, lack of resources. And you're going to have to face all kinds of adversity along the way to accomplishing your goals. And you're not you know, somebody that's a hustler is just somebody that doesn't both expect these things and when they come up, that person just rises to the occasion and finds a way, no matter what, uh, you know, to make things happen, to make things move forward and to accomplish things. So that, to me, that's my favorite kind of human being on the planet. Awesome. Yeah, and for our listeners who don't know, uh, when Ryan and I were starting to develop this podcast and we were, we were thinking of a name, I actually stumbled upon... Uh, that video you did for Pioneers Festival, and I, I heard you say the term "hustler nation" in there. I don't know if you remember saying it, but um, yeah, and that that's where that's where I got the name. So thanks for for the inspiration, Sally. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm honored that I was uh, playing a small part in this, and yeah. uh, so that that's dope. Yeah. Um, so in in what ways, or or I guess in in your personal life or your career, have, do you feel that you know, you've met or, or satisfied that definition? 
I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I don't think I, I don't think that uh, in, in general things in life um, are static in the sense of you're either something or you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in that sense, have there been many times where I think I've uh, you know I was rising to the occasion and I was you know you you could call me somebody that was hustling. Uh, yes, did I do this every single day of my life? Hell no, right? Um, I wish I did, but but I didn't. So to me, the, this philosophy is something um, that I'm trying to strive for every single day. And I have many days that that I fail to to hit that standard, in my own opinion. Um, so I would never call myself a hustler. I would never say, you know, I'm the role model of hustle. And I know that lots of people that interact with me or learn something from me or watch a talk or read my book, they create this kind of superhuman um, a version of me right. in their own mind where it's like every day I kick in doors and I scream and yell at people and I just I'm 24-7 motivated and all making things happen at all times and all that and, and that's just not true right I, I'd love to be I don't know if I would love to be that way but maybe I'd be <laughs> annoying annoying myself at some point but I, I love that people think of me that way sometimes but I, but I try to be very real and honest with people and, and telling them it's not true. It's just not true. I have times where I, you know, where I'm sad. I have times where I'm like, you know, all, all you know, where I'm just like uh, not living up to the best version of myself. Fortunately, these times used to be uh, a big part of my life, and they they've come to be an increasingly smaller part of my life. But they they I'm not at a point where I can say it's totally disappeared and I'm always the best version of myself and I'm always hustling. No, it's, a, it's something that I have to strive for one day at a time, one moment at a time. And whenever I fail at it, I need to work really hard to not beat myself up over it, not to make that bad day or even just bad moment or hour turn into something bigger and forgive myself for it and say, you know what, yeah, I sucked this morning, but that doesn't mean that I can't rock this afternoon, kind of shake it off and try to do better in the next hour, in the next moment that I have in the day. So I try to work on myself and try to get better and better at it, and I have over the past you know, 10, 20 years, but uh, I still have many moments where I where, you know, would be ashamed if people watched me and and I wouldn't, wouldn't want to be the role model at that moment. So I'm, I'm just human, just like everybody else. Uh, Steli, I think, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's, um, I think it's very refreshing, I think, to hear that um, for people who are striving and they, they, they look to you, they look to other, you know, they look to people who are, they, they see that, that are out in the community that they feel like are hustling and they, you know, I think there's something inspiring about that, but I also think there's something, um, I don't know, there's some humility associated with that and some realness associated with that. Um, that is good. And I think that's actually part of being a hustler is being able to, to go through that process and to realize that not everybody is that Superman or, or can be that, what'd you say? Like not knocking down doors and showing up and just this, this like super motivator uh, yeah. all the time. Um, I don't know. I want to shift gears and I want to ask you some questions about more tactical things about selling. Um, one of the things I want to talk to you about is opportunity. So when we're communicating with people and we're in a selling environment, um, have you noticed um, window of opportunity, for example, the timing patterns on how quickly you, you can respond to people, how fast and, 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 and taking, to use your words, taking ownership, uh, full ownership of the opportunity, 
I don't know. Can you speak to this concept? Yeah. So um, I have. I think that there is there is magic in the power of right the fuck now, right? And I don't know if I'm allowed to to curse on the show. You but, are. But yeah. Uh, all right. Awesome. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that um, whenever you want to make things happen, there is, and we know we all know this. There's moments where we're motivated. There's moments where we're decisive. There's moments where we made a decision. Yes, I should do this. Yes, let me write this down. Let me fix this issue. Let me approach this person and talk to them. And that's a, in your own words. That's a window of opportunity. Now, at this moment in time, that person is ready to make a move. Ready to make something happen. And if you let that moment slip away, it doesn't mean that it's impossible to regenerate that moment, recreate it, and get that person to buy your product or to act on something you wanted them to act on down the line. It's not that that's impossible. It's just a lot less probable to happen, and it will take a considerable amount more energy. Right? It's like you're, you were pushing the stone up the mountain and now there's this tipping point and all of a sudden this stone starts rolling down and it has natural momentum. You don't have to push anymore. It's not that hard anymore. Now it's kind of easy. The doors are opening. And if you miss that opportunity, you have to restart from the beginning and kind of push that thing up the mountain again, kind of reapproach that person, find another time where they're going to have the, the, the time and space and focus to pay attention to you. And kind of resell them on everything and maybe that day is a bad day for them to make a decision or maybe they're fatigued because of other issues that were going on. So it might take something, you know, closing somebody on a decision. Um, it might go from, from something uh, where if you use the, the window of opportunity, you could have get, gotten the job done in five minutes. You might turn those five minutes into five months, right? And that's kind of, to me, the biggest waste in humanity is the waste of, of human potentials, the waste of time and energy and resourcefulness. So it breaks my heart when that type of thing happens. And a, a simple example of this is that it, it what makes me crazy and is a pet peeve of mine is when people have other humans on the phone and you know they reached out, they have a conversation, and at the end of it, the other party is interested and says, yes, you know what, all this sounded, sounds, sounds interesting. Let's have another conversation or let's schedule a next step or something like that. And we're talking. We've, we've, you know, we've been spending 10, 15 minutes together. We both decide this might be a good fit for both parties. We want to move forward. And now you tell the person, you know what, let's hang up the phone right now. And then in an hour or two, I'm going to send you an email uh, suggesting some times to schedule that next call. To me, that's crazy. It's just craziness. Like, wh- why don't we just get this this to do done right now? Right? Uh, I have you on the phone. You have me on the phone. We said yes. Let's talk more. How about just going? You know what? Do you have your calendar in front of you? I have mine. Let's find a time right now. Oh, Tuesday morning, nine a.m. Does that work for you? Uh, no, nine a.m. doesn't work. Okay, well, it does work for you on Tuesday? Well, you know, eleven a.m. would be better. Cool. That sounds good to me. Sending an invite. Did you get the invite? Yep, I see it in my calendar. Cool. Well, I wish you a great day. I'll talk to you next Tuesday at 11 a.m. So, so, Stella, let me ask you this. So, here, so, here's what I've noticed. Yeah. When you start doing this, right, all of a sudden you then start re- realizing, wait a second, there are more and more windows of opportunity that you didn't even realize were there. Meaning, all of a sudden when you start taking on this, this mindset that you're talking about, when you recognize those, you can start to compress 
you can compress so many other things, so many decisions that when, when you're, whether it be in a sales process or when someone's trying to make a decision to whatever it may be, have you noticed the same thing? Yeah, absolutely. I think that we, I think we all tend to A, overestimate the amount of time things take, B, we tend to like to procrastinate. We're procrastinators. Like as humans, we do a lot of procrastination. Um, so a lot of that we're not even aware of. And once you start getting into the habit of using the window of opportunity, using the power of right now, and, and if making things happen and not just saying postponing that to the next call, uh, you realize how how surprising that is to other people and how empowering it is to them and yourself. I'll give you another a quick example. Meetings. Like it blows my mind how many times meetings are these events where we sit down with like five to ten humans all waste an hour of their life. And all it does, all that hour did is it added another 12 things on everybody's to-do list and another five decisions we need to make that we've been talking about for an hour, but we have not made any decisions. And all it does is you walk out of the meeting, and I don't know if you've ever had this feeling, I know I had, you sit in a meeting to talk about problem X, and you walk out of the meeting and you just feel overwhelmed and more depressed about problem X than ever before, right? Nothing was accomplished. Like there were all kinds of debates and discussions, but now you left the meeting saying, well, we need to think about this more. Well, maybe we need to have another meeting to talk about this and involve more stakeholders. It just sucks. Um, I found it you know, incredibly easy in meetings to just go, when people go, well, we really need to decide what we're going to do about this in the meeting to stop everything and go, wait, 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 before we get to the next point, let's make the decision right now. And then people look at you surprised. Wait, what do you mean right now? Well, right now, you just, you just said there's a decision that needs to be made. We're four people sitting here. Why do we just let that slide and keep adding and piling on more and more decisions that need to be made? Why don't we make a fucking decision right now, right? And like cross something off our lists so that when we walk out of that meeting with one thing less to do, with one more thing that we've gained clarity together. That was the, it's the whole point of spending time in a group and having a meeting in the first place. So a lot of times I try to have a kind of no more, a, a no edit to do item type of meeting where when we sit here and we have a meeting, at the end of it, I want everybody to have less to do and less to decide, not more. And that is very challenging to people, but it's also very empowering. It feels great. You walk out of these type of meetings, you feel amazing, like you've accomplished something. Uh, and it's crazy when you think about how rare this is, which means that most of the meetings that we have in, in, a, in a business setting and in a private setting as well are just these huge amounts of debates and discussions that just tend to overwhelm instead of uh, really getting anything done. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so I, I guess my, my question, Steli, is um, so where – I mean, so I could see how that you know, works definitely internally. Um, and I've, I, I've, felt, I've felt that exact feeling that you talk about where you walk out and you're like – or you walk off a phone call and you're like, I don't, I don't think we really did anything on that phone call. We, we didn't really move forward. We, we kind of stirred the pot, and, but we're still in, this, in the same place. Um, so in, in a, in a seller buyer situation, I guess where you're getting pushback, um, to really move forward or, you know, the buyer's like, oh, well, I need to think about it. Cause, cause this is really 90% of people I talk to. They're just like, oh, well, you know, let me, let me think on it and, um, you know, get back to you in, in a week. 
more evidently than not, they come back in a week and they're, you know, they're saying, yeah, you know, I thought about it and we're not going to move forward with this. Um, so how, how do you get, you know, the buyer there to, to believe in the power of, of right fucking now? That's an excellent question. Um, it depends, right? It depends on the situation. It depends on the buyer. It depends on what kind of seller you are, what kind of person you are. Some people are very aggressive, right? And they will tell people. So somebody's going to go, well, you know what? That sounds good. Let me think about it. And then the, the, the salesperson will go, what, are, what do you have to think about? Right? And then it's kind of an old school uh, kind of hardcore sales tactic. Yeah, what do you have to think about? Well, you know, I don't know. I just need to talk to a few people and whatever, right? And, and, and do a little bit more research before I make my final decision. Cool. All right. Well, let's do that right now. And then they, they try to kind of bully you into the decision right now and kind of strong arm you. And that can work. That can really well work because people uh, do tend to submit to uh, people that display strength, right? And dominance. So that can work, but I'm, it's not something I'm a huge fan of. Um, but for some humans, this is kind of the way that they make people do things they want to get done right now. It's just by pushing them and bullying them and not, uh, not letting them get off on the excuse of like, oh, I need to think about it. Um, there's more elegant ways to do it or, or, or kind of less uh, aggressive ways to do that, but that are still taking ownership of, of that relationship. And you can do it in many different ways, right? You can just ask the person, hey, taking a week to make a final decision, that's totally fine. I want to make sure that I'm a resource to you in the decision-making process. So let me understand you better. What's going to happen in the week? Right? What are all the steps that you're going to take? What, are, what, what is typically the way that you make these, these decisions? What are typically the steps you're going to take from now where you're not quite sure all the way to having full certainty, I know what I want to do or not. And maybe in some of these steps, I can be a resource. I can provide information, data, information, connect you with other humans or with other people and experts uh, so that you can make the best, best decision possible. That is a fair question. A lot of times the truth is that um, I need more time to think about it either means no Mm-hmm. Or it means I feel overwhelmed. Well, I, I don't feel confident enough yet to make any kind of decision. That's hence why I want to just uh, postpone a decision altogether. And they don't really have a plan. It's not like they need a week because a week they need seven days of things to do. They just don't want to make the decision right now. So they just say the easiest thing to say, which is, ah, give me a week to think about it. But they're not going to think a single second in that seven days about it, right? Yeah. Until you call them again. So uh, since that uh, that is part of reality, sometimes you just need to call it what it is and kind of address the elephant in the room. And if you do it both with strength but also with friendliness, uh, that can work really well. So I have t- told people and, and, and confronted people on this often and told them, you know what, I totally get it. If you're like me, the moment we hang up the phone, you're going to get busy with other things. You're going to get sidetracked into other projects, other decisions. You have a life that doesn't revolve all around our conversation and this this purchasing decision. So seven days are going to go by like this. And then when I talk to you next week, it's not going to feel great and we're not going to have really moved with anything forward. Is that a possibility or am I unique in that way and, and you have an exact plan for the next seven days? And a lot of times just telling people, hey, I, I'm basically calling you out on bullshit, but I, I do it in a charming way and I do it by telling you that I do this myself too. A lot of times people will say, yeah, that's fair, but you know, give me a little bit more time. Or in some cases I tell people, you know what, I used to give people uh, a lot more time until I realized that it's not good for them, uh, that it really doesn't move anything forward. 
And sometimes people, when they say they need more time, they really mean no. And sometimes it means they really want to do something in that time. And sometimes they just don't want to make a decision right now. If you had choice one, two, and three, which one are you? Right? Again, this is a little aggressive uh, and it's risky. It might turn somebody off. Um, but I had people laugh at this and go, you know what? You know, I'm really one. To be frank, I don't think this is the right tool. And I go, awesome. Thank you so much for being honest right this is i know that it's risky to be honest it's risky to tell somebody no right it's much easier to just tell them i'll think about it and then never pick up the phone again so i appreciate your honesty and now i'll let you go i'm not going to even try to sell you on this but just you know one more minute together just help me out here what did i mess up where did i what did i screw up because Everything I gathered so far made me believe that this is a, the right solution for you. So what am I missing? Just so I know to do a better job in the future, I'd highly appreciate that feedback. And sometimes this will lead to you understanding that you messed something up or you didn't understand a need that the customer had that you truly are not the best fit for. And sometimes it's going to open up the discussion and kind of reopen the door and they you know, misunderstood you or you miscommunicated in some way or they weren't aware of something and you get another chance to sell them. You get another chance to make your case. Um, so sometimes you just have to be honest and go, Do you, does I need more time mean I'm not interested or does it really mean I need no time? I need more time. Both things are fair. I'm just curious. Um, but you need to understand that whenever you, whenever you're trying to challenge people into action, you're going to have to face resistance. And if you're, if you're capable of both doing that, challenging people every single day to take action and make decisions, even when they don't want to, and you are doing, you're doing that challenging with a certain charm and you're okay that people don't want to make decisions and you're okay that people will resist you, magic can happen. It's usually the people that don't want to challenge others that that fail and the people that want to challenge others and then be resentful or angry or aggressive or think lesser of the people that they're trying to do business with because these guys are you know, not making up their mind and they're weak and I need to push them into decision making. Both these stereotypes I find, both the really weak person uh, that doesn't push anybody and the person that's super aggressive. Both find them uh, not that pleasant to deal with and not really successful in the long term. So you need to be able to challenge people and be okay with humanity's flaws and with people still not wanting to make up their mind. And if you challenge people, you're not going to get everybody to make up their mind. You're going to get another small percentage. You're going to move the needle another few percent to people making up their mind faster. Uh, But you'll never get everybody. And that's just part of life. And all you can do is do your best and do it consistently every single day no matter what comes back from others and you're going to do amazing amazing work and create a lot of value in the world wow awesome. this is that's that's so good Stelly. the 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 two the two sides of this with with the person who's uh you know they, they don't want the resistance uh or the person who takes it personally and they become you know on the aggressive oh i can't you know this prospect is you know is is, a, is an idiot because they're not moving forward um, I've witnessed that so many times, uh, and and also experienced both of those types of things in my selling career um, throughout. So no, this is this is awesome. Well, you know we're we're about at time, Steli. I mean, you tell us how much time do you have left? Um, because we would certainly love to continue the conversation, but we're right at about twenty minutes now. Yeah. So uh, I have about four minutes for you guys. Okay. Wonderful. Let's see if we. Let's see if we can uh, create some more value in four minutes. I'll try my best. Okay. 
Um, as you as you do this, as you let's go, you you know you you you've taken extreme accountability, uh, developed this hustler mentality. Uh, you've recognized the power of right the fuck now. Uh, can you develop some level of intuition or what I would call sales serendipity by doing this? Have you experienced this in your career? What do you mean exactly, sales serendipity? What I mean is you can start to attract opportunities to you. You start to somehow, it's almost like people say, oh, well, this person is lucky or this person is, you can almost create your own luck. You can start to develop some level of intuition um, and you can feel it. You can feel, I don't know what it is. It's almost like uh, sales start opportunities, the ability to influence becomes easier. So you start to get into what I would call a flow or a rhythm. Yeah. Um, so there's different models, I think, to ex- to to ex- explain that phenomenon, right? So for some people, it's like this, uh, you know, uh, preparation and hard work that equals, you know, the, the taking advantage of the opportunities that show up, which then people will uh, explain away as luck. Other people believe in, you know, the the law of attraction or something like you. When your thoughts and your actions align in a certain direction, the universe or whoever God, um, wh- whoever it is, like things come your way and good things show up, and opportunity and luck presents itself. Um, I don't, I don't really. It doesn't really matter to me what kind of explanation model you have. I, yeah, I mean, I, I do believe that. Um, if you put if you put in the work, you're gonna get better at something. And if you consistently put in the work, you're gonna have compounding returns on your investments. Uh, and a lot of a lot of good, typically a lot of good things start happening to you. You build what I call momentum, right? Where you have been creating value so much for so many people that opportunities and and doors open and think and people come into your life. Uh, because of it, and some of it can be attributed very directly, right? You've helped all these people, and there's kind of a certain brand that you were that your your name has, and people talk about you. And the more people talk about you, the more people recommend you, the more people show up in front of your door, whatever that is, your email account, your LinkedIn profile, and offer opportunity or ask for favors or, or get connected with you. So there's some very direct way uh, to to generate that. Then there's uh, you know obviously your skill set increases, and as you get you know, as you get better and better at something, eventually you get very intuitive about it. So you don't have to think about just like driving a car. You don't think about if you're driving a, a stick, you know, doing all the mechanical steps as you were doing in the early days. Eventually, all of it can be subconscious. You can talk to somebody on the phone or daydreaming and drive, you know, 100 miles somewhere pretty safely um, because it becomes second nature. And so uh, so does the, the same thing applies in sales or entrepreneurship and business communication in general with people sometimes today today most of the the 99% of the time when i communicate with people i'm not thinking oh how can i how can i say this sentence in a way that will make them like this or do what i want them to do i don't i'm not conscious at all it's all subconscious all intuitive uh, but a lot of times after i've communicated with somebody i go holy shit i did this very specific thing and i could explain to you why it was effective but I didn't do it in that moment with any kind of conscious thought. It just was the way I I, I spit out the sentence in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. So you get better at things. You get better at that skill. A lot of things become more intuitive. And, and that as well will create more opportunities and make more things happen. And then the third thing, whatever you want to call it, karma, 
you know, the universe, God, whatever it is, um, it, it might be that that good things show up to you that are not even based directly through your, you know, the, the brand and the reputation you have or the skill that you've built. Um, or it just might be that you're taking – that every human being has the, very similar kinds of opportunities, but because you have skill now and because you've developed a reputation, you're getting a lot better ROI on these opportunities. I don't know which one it is, um, but I do experience a lot of this. Every single day, there's opportunities that pop up. There's good things that are happening in my life that I can't really directly claim credit for and I'm just grateful I'm trying to make the most of them and try to take a very long-term approach of creating value every single day and believing that good things will happen in return. Awesome. Stelly FD, ladies and gentlemen. Stelly, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. This was a, a blast and a pleasure. I'm uh, looking forward to hear a lot more episodes in the future and see what you guys are going to do with this. Sounds good. Thank you so much again, Stelly. It was awesome. Awesome. Go get him.